NC State had a massive recruit last week to cap off a week. We're going to have another one this coming Saturday. We're talking Terrell Anderson on this Friday episode of Locked On Wolfpack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me is Kenton Gibbs. Happy Friday, everyone. Got a little bit of a different episode to bring to you. We're going to have some fun later on in the show reading some fan comments from YouTube this week. So if you're listening to this, Make sure that maybe you can join in on the next one we have. Make sure you're filling out this comment section. You, too, could be featured on a Fan Friday here coming up in these next few weeks. But, Kenton, yes, our big topic today is Terrell Anderson. He will be committing on August 12th. This is Saturday. I believe commitment is at 4 p.m. If you're remembering the name Terrell Anderson, we have been discussing him on this program for quite some time now. Um, he was one of the, the big trio between Alex Taylor, Jonathan Paler, and then, of course, Terrell Anderson. Mm-hmm. Celebrated very hard with the commitment of Jonathan Paler last week. And we've been saying for quite some time, all signs point to NC State also getting Terrell Anderson on Saturday. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you this. The thing about this that is so impressive is the fact that We've talked ad nauseum about building a fence around the state. And that was the case with Paler. But also, Paler talked about wanting to get more receivers to come to NC State with him so it could be a not just a him thing, it could be a dynamic receiving core thing. And then all of a sudden, Alex Taylor commits to UNC, which, you know, shakes some people, puts some doubt in some minds, has some folks like, oh, man, are are we going to lose Paler? Are we going to lose Anderson? And yet and still, somehow, with Anderson, I heard that we were in the front by a mile all along. And basically, the longer this thing drug on, the more concerned we should be. And now we're at commitment day. and It's feeling like it's it's going to be NC State. It's feeling like a, a real good situation there. And the thing is, I wouldn't say that he's the polar opposite of Paler, but he is very much so a different type of receiver uh, than Paler, right? If you were to say that um, if you were to say that Paler is in the Naheem Hines mode, you would say that uh, Anderson is more in the Mecca Mezzi mode of not the the fastest guy in the world, not a guy that, you know, he's even, he's leaving type of guy. He's a big body receiver. He can make the highlight catch. He can make, doesn't have problems with the uh, consistency drops where he's just like, oh, this is an easy catch that you need to make, but he just doesn't do it for whatever reason. Of course, he's in high school. He can get bigger. He can get stronger. He can get faster, all those good things. But this is a receiver that is it could sure up one of our outside receiver spots for the next three to four years. Yeah, and like you mentioned, it's, it's almost a little bit nerve-wracking to be as confident as we are about landing Terrell Anderson. But 
Yeah, it, it's it just feels like NC State has been the front runner for him the entire time. You'll remember uh, maybe a month or so ago, Terrell Anderson was the wide receiving recruit that wore the NC State gloves at the UNC camp, and that made immediate uh, impacts among NC State fans. I, I got to tell you, that's one way to win the fan base over relatively quick, quickly. But when it comes to Terrell Anderson, yes, he – the, the thing I'm most excited about Anderson is his size. And I think NC State, something they've lacked uh, fairly recently in the receiving core is just the bigger body type in a, in a receiver. Terrell Anderson's about 6'3", 6'4", about 185. Of course, he's got a whole nother year of high school to grow, give and take, plus the, uh, the Coach Thunder regimen that's going to be on the way. Mm-hmm. You you expect Anderson to probably finish be coming into his freshman season probably around two hundred ish, and that, I mean yeah six four two hundred that's a really good size for a wide receiver because it just feels like these past maybe five years or so the typical NC State receivers somewhere between I don't know six foot six two you know you have a CJ Riley that we had he was six four. You saw time and time again how he made great use of his length. I'm looking forward to doing the same type of thing with a Terrell Anderson. Once you get toward that red zone, you can throw the fade. We don't really throw that many fades because we don't have those long receivers like maybe a Clemson or maybe a Florida State has. So I'm very excited what Terrell Anderson can bring to the table here. And yeah, to tie it back into Paler, this very much does feel like a package deal. They're very good friends. They went on the recruiting tour together, and it's this is the exact kind of results you want to see in landing a player like Paler because then you get players that want to play together that are so highly touted. I believe Anderson's like maybe the eleven, the like number eleven ranked recruit in the state. It's a it's a big deal, yeah. and it's it, it it comes back to building that fence, keeping the the homegrown talent home. It's going to be a great get. Again, it's it's it makes me nervous to say like, it's going to happen. We're going to get Anderson, but everything I'm hearing, everything I've read, it really does feel like the cat is in the bag here. So looking forward to a massive announcement this weekend, hopefully another celebration of a big time 2024 recruit will be on the way. And certainly looking forward to breaking down more of what Anderson can bring to the table here uh, upon his arrival. You want to know my to... favorite part? You want to know my ahead. favorite part about his scouting report, real quick, before we move on here. Yeah, you go. My favorite part about his scouting report, by far, is the fact that he is mentioned multiple times on multiple different sites as a ferocious or tenacious blocker. Let me tell you why. Blocking, especially for receivers, all about attitude, all about attitude, all about want to, all about desire, and not just attitude want to and desire to to you know shine or to get open or to do great things it's the desire to see the team win rarely ever will a receiver get a ton of credit for oh man his block is what sprung that play that's not the case when you think of a receiver blocking that means that the running back or whoever has the ball hit a big play and that person carrying the ball is going to be the person that gets all the credit there but to see that that that's something that people list about him is absolutely amazing, and it adds in the versatility of, let's say he puts in puts on more than 
15 pounds or so. Let's say he bulks up to 215, 220. And let's say he puts on another inch or two. And now he's we're looking at 6'4, 6'5, 220, 225. You can slide him in the tight end to, to you know, kind of help out in that situation. Not saying that we want to slide him in the tight end. Not saying I'm expecting him to get bigger. I'm just saying the blocking thing bodes well for that because generally players who do the little things for the team well, they'll be willing to accept whatever role helps the team win. Absolutely. He feels like maybe a more complete wide receiver type than maybe we've been getting. Of course, yes, we've had great receivers like Thayer Thomas, Kelvin Harmon, Emeka Mezzi, Jacoby Myers, the list goes on. But I feel like the the ceiling for a Terrell Anderson may be higher than all of those names I just listed. He's such a complete wide receiver in that, yeah, his, his blocking ability, it is superior. You know, his, his pass-catching ability, he's got those strong hands, big body. Again, you give him you give him over to Thunder and see what can happen there. He could become a very dangerous weapon in this NC State offense. And again, something else with the size here, we've mentioned on here several times. You look at Robert and I last year in his use of Aronde Gadsden up at Syracuse, a massive body that Anai is able to place in perfect positions to kill a defense that could and, be something to look for with Terrell Anderson and how he used Davis who uh the Davis the receiver uh from UVA who was six seven he That's right he was always saying hey throw it up take the deep shot to that guy it, it, it's okay if we got a guy that's bigger than their guy go for it let him work it out let him find his way and if he doesn't that's all right yeah so looking forward to some good news on Saturday uh we're still going to keep our fingers crossed but it does feel like we do have Anderson on the way. We're going to kick it to our sponsors for today's show. That is eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, maybe like Terrell Anderson. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around or your money back. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. All right, and Kenton, this is a, a, a newer idea that we've had, introducing our first Fan Friday, and this will probably take on the form of many different things here. But for our first edition, we've had a multitude of YouTube comments roll into our videos this week. We're going to read some of them. So again, yeah. if you're listening to this and you haven't participated in our comments, this is, your, this is, this is how you, know, you now know. Dive in them comments. You could be featured. We want to listen to what you have to say so we can add conversation here. Mention us on Twitter. Mention us wherever. We'll we'll go ahead and respond, and we'll, you know, it's a chance that you end up on the Fan Friday. That is something. I, I don't feel like I mention our, our Twitter on here uh, as much as I probably should. If you are on Twitter and you haven't followed us yet, check out, check us out locked on wolfpack the the handle is L-O capital l capital o underscore wolfpack find us on there i'm on twitter basically all day every day can't ever get enough of it let us know what you think if you 
have some questions you want answered on Twitter, we'd be more than happy to oblige. So interact with us. We will always interact with you back. I promise you that. We just enjoy getting to talk to the people here because we're getting a lot of support. We greatly appreciate that. We want to make sure that we're seeing and reading all of your comments because we appreciate them coming in. But our first comment here, I believe this came on Tuesday's video talking about just Cal and Stanford. Uh, let me fix my screen here real fast. This one comes from at Dennis. I'm a, I'm not going to butcher your last name, so I'm going to leave it at Dennis. He says, I haven't heard anyone talk about our defense being able to score off of turnovers. I'm on pick six watch with White and Battle. Dennis, I got to tell you what. Me too, brother. And I'll tell you this too. We do spend probably the most of our time talking about the offense on here. You'll probably get more of the same if you tune into ACC Network. But that is the luxury of having Tony Gibson as your defensive coordinator. That is the luxury of being able to return an Aiden White, a Shaheem Battle. You, you know, most of you, well, all of your linebacking core, they're not new faces. Devon Betty, Jalen Scott, of course, Peyton Wilson. We have so many studs in this defense that I feel like a lot of us kind of just look at it as a sure thing. So you look at what's new in the offense, you're like, okay. Well, what's the offense going to do? Because that's where all our questions are. We we have such a benefit of having such a tough, tenacious defense that I feel like maybe that's why you don't hear people talk about it as much. But we forced a lot of turnovers last year. I'm looking forward to a whole lot of the same this year in 2023. So, and here's a potential, here's another reason potentially why we don't talk as much about uh, being able to score off turnovers. The leading team in the nation in terms of, um, pick sixes last year was I believe it was multiple teams that were tied with four. I I'm fairly certain there are multiple teams tied with four. So what does that mean? Right? The reality is you can't count on that reliably enough to say like, Hey, this is going to be a part of our offense. Like that's, you know, it's great when you add it in, but that's a little land up on the top. That's not, that shouldn't be a core tenet of like, how you're expecting to, um, you know, score points and all that. I will say turnovers absolutely are, right? Because generally when you get a turnover, you're either uh, putting the team in plus territory or you're stopping them from scoring when they're in plus territory. So, you know, it's always positive there. But the reality is, um, Dennis, this is a great point. This is a great observation. Um, The ability to take the ball away and do something special with it when it's in your hands does mean something. However, I, I don't think it can be counted on reliably enough to say hey, this should be a part of how we score. Absolutely. It, it'll be an added benefit, of course. You know, it, something that you hope comes with a great defense is a defense that's able to score. Exactly. And so, yeah, we're, we're certainly anticipating a lot of havoc being caused on the defensive end. A big six next- is the cherry on top of the Sunday. It's it's the extra bit on the Sunday. So I, I want to see that dog bone get thrown around a lot on the sidelines. Absolutely. Season. Absolutely. All right. These next two, not exactly questions, but more so comments. These came on yesterday's video uh, that revolved mainly around Notre Dame. This one comes from Mike K8895. He says, NC State, you honestly should listen. You aren't going to the Big Ten or SEC so maybe invite Stanford to your league. Y'all are about to be in the American Conference. The American Conference? I don't know about that one, Mike K. Listen, I Notre Dame fans mainly filled out our comment section. That was to be expected. 
none of that really made sense. Notre Dame pining for uh, Stanford and Cal to be added to the league. ACC leadership came out and basically said that as well. Mm-hmm. What are we? What are we listening to? Why? Why again? Why are we taking the advice of Notre Dame, who is not a football member of the ACC? Why? Why? Uh, why should I listen to anything you have to say? I, I I don't know. Kenton, do you have anything? I I think that people are greatly overstating the downfall of the ACC for a lot of reasons, and the biggest one. Do the math. Do the numbers, okay? If Clemson and Florida State leave, I've heard numbers as low as 300, as high as 500 in terms of millions to leave, okay? If they have to pay out in total somewhere between $600 million and a billion dollars to leave, well, Grayson, let's do this math together, okay? Because I'm... I'm not a math guy. You know, I'm I'm not the smartest guy in the world. And let's use the number that makes this pretty round. I'm lying. I'm a math guy. I love numbers. But anyway, let's use the number that makes this round and fun, shall we? So we have 15 members, except Notre Dame isn't a full-time member. So we have 14 members, right? Okay. We have 14 members. And then if if the ACC has 14 members and two pay to leave, how many do we now have? That'd be 12. 12. Okay. So the lowest estimate here is $600 million. Grayson, what's $600 million divided by 12? 50. It's, it's 50. Okay, so yeah. I don't have my it, calculator on me. You're fine. It's, you just got to do the math. Uh, take away one zero, 60 divided by 12. Boom. You get five. Add on the extra zero, 50. And Ken so, said it's fine. You just got to do the math. Thank you. I'm I'm sorry. My bad. My bad, Grayson. It's all love. But the reality is 50 million extra dollars per team. Hmm. Well, that that seems to be a a good bit, right? I I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Oh, and here's the funnest part of of it all. After they pay that exit ticket, the ACC still owns the rights to their home games. Well... Leave, please be our guest. The math is there. If we're the American Conference with an extra $50 million in our pocket, you can call us the American, you can call us the Colonial, you can call us the Patriot Conference, you can call us whatever conference you want. But just know, we're going to be calling that conference all the way to the bank, brother. This last one here uh, on the bottom of the screen from Darren Mayer, he says, the ACC needs Notre Dame. They don't need you. Now, this one's kind of ambiguous. I'm not sure if he means they as in Notre Dame doesn't need the ACC or he's saying the ACC doesn't need NC State. Which is it, Darren? I don't know. However, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I wouldn't exactly say that the ACC needs Notre Dame. I think the ACC would love to have Notre Dame. There's no secret there that the value is uh, is is with the brand, of course. But Notre Dame acting like they're doing us all a favor here. Listen, all of your other sports outside of football are in the ACC. You you think you're just doing this for charity? I mean, like, it's very much a mutual benefit here. That's why you're here. Now, your football team is still independent. For right now, that is what it is. But to act this 
this holier than thou thing from the Notre Dame fans. I <laughs> I shouldn't exactly be surprised because that is Notre oh, Dame. But I don't know, Kenton. What you got? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it, and here's the other thing. I think that you know we we love to use hyperbole and all that good stuff. Um, but if we need Notre Dame to come, then I guess we've been not surviving as a conference all along because they I haven't been not. here. They haven't been here, you know? So, I mean, I, I guess that's, that's just the reality there. It's like when your ex says, you need me. And it's like, well, you haven't been here and I've been doing just fine. So do I, do I need to? Anywho, moving We right. got a couple more of these to break down after a quick word from our sponsors. All right, let's get back into these here. This next one. Where'd it go? All right, this one comes from, it looks like this handle is New Jersey to Maryland, dude, 205. He says, the ACC is adding Cal and Stanford, then it should also consider San Diego State for the SoCal market. Now, this one's interesting. I had never really considered San Diego State as a possibility once they started talking about Cal and Stanford here. Um, it's San Diego state is certainly a lower, a lower yeah. rung. I would say they're not a power five. Um, is there some value in San Diego state? Sure. There's yeah. The SoCal market, a Los Angeles, that's a massive market. Would that change anything? Mm, I'm not exactly so sure. Didn't they just have to pay an exit ticket for like leaving their conference that, they then wanted to rejoin because the deal with the new conference didn't exactly work out or something along those lines. Was that San Diego State? I want to say that was San Diego State. I could be wrong there, but I'm fairly certain that was San Diego State. Anyway, if that's not the case, if they're, you know, and and far be it for me, especially with Cal, who has who's running on the biggest deficit of all of the uh, athletic departments, far be it for me to say, oh, yeah, the money is going to be an issue with adding them, but um, I I see the pluses. I see the drawbacks. Let's just see how it plays out. Right. All right. This next one, Kenton, you've been ready for this one. This one comes from Frank Santi, 3971. He says, everyone criticizes Phillips, this is Jim Phillips, for mm-hmm. doing nothing to help the ACC, and rightfully so. Then he reaches out to the best that's left on the board, and everyone criticizes him. Why? Value is academics. Next, get Rice and SMU. Later, get Vandy and Northwestern. ACC is too late to get the great football teams. The Big Ten and SEC already have a lock on the teams that will be the minor league for the NFL. So ACC might just get the best teams academically. Remember, student-athlete. Let's create that identity in the ACC. The Cerebral Conference. (laughs) That's funny. He says... With those additions, who do you think Notre Dame will want to hang out with? Dot, 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 just saying. Okay, a lot to unpack here. Um, I'll start with value as academics. On paper, sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wanting to acquire Vanderbilt and Northwestern, I, I don't see that becoming an option. Um, no. The Cerebral Conference here. My my first my initial gut reaction is: Does everyone remember what Cardell Jones said, a former Ohio State quarterback? Says I'm not here to play school. Yeah. Okay. Now I say that because there were some people saying, you know, well, this conference realignment, all this money, 
It's not just about football. Are you sure about that? That's where probably 90% of this money is going to be tied up in. I say some of it is basketball. I understand. Let's be honest here. This is a football decision. It, it, it just simply is. That's where the money is. That's where the eyeballs are. That's what the networks are the most interested in. It's a football decision. So with that being said here, what is the ACC gaining by acquiring Rice, SMU, Vanderbilt, and Northwestern? Kenton, you have the floor. Grayson, you're a baseball guy, so I knew you were going to knock it out the park. But let me back clean up for you here, brother. Who do you think you you touched on most of the stuff I was going to say? So I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on something that I think you missed here. With those additions, who do you think Notre Dame will want to hang out with? Just saying. You know, there was a guy who went viral not too long ago because he said, "We going where the money reside, where the money reside, where the money reside, where the money reside." <laughs> That's where Notre Dame is going. They're not they. I promise you, Notre Dame has you all fooled with the whole, you know, they've been fooling people for years. Remember the Catholics versus convicts thing? Remember that? Remember when they looked into Notre Dame's team and said, wait a minute, y'all have some convicts over there too. Remember when that happened? Notre Dame has been fooling y'all for a while. Notre Dame will hang out with whoever is cutting the biggest check. If there's a minor league for the NFL, and then the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Then the the cerebral conference. Which one do you think is getting a better TV deal? That's where they're going to hang out at. Exactly. I can guarantee it as sure as the sun rises on the east and sets on the west. I can guarantee it as sure as Sundays feel like the shortest day of the weekend. I can guarantee it so far as I can guarantee that I'm going to wake up looking a, a, a skin tone that's closer to copper than Grayson tomorrow. I can guarantee all of those things with equal certainty, Frank. Hmm. All right. This is going to be our last one. Let me skip through here. This one comes from the handle looks like M Fresh M 1998. They say all schools have to do is improve on the Notre Dame model. Have your revenue generating sports join the net positive money conferences while keeping the non-revenue sports uh, remaining in their current conference. Now you have the best of both worlds while having a net positive savings on traveling costs. Okay, um, basically what I'm gathering here, I'm not sure if everyone saw this, but I saw very interesting comments from Chip Kelly, uh, not a friend of the show. We will never forget what you did to us in the Holiday Bowl. However, we'll never forget. You're an enemy of this show. You have an enemy of us. He, he had interesting comments on conference realignment. He says, Notre Dame is an independent in football, but they're in a conference for everything else. Why aren't we all independent for football? Take the 64 teams in Power 5, make that one division. Take the 64 teams in Group of 5, make that another division. We play for a championship, they play for a championship, and no one else gets affected. Interesting school of thought there. And of course, Chip Kelly is kind of known for thinking outside the box. Um, would that work? I would be very intrigued to see if it would. I want to take it a step further, bring back the power five, keep the group of five, 
do some relegation. Top two in the Mountain West replace the bottom two in the Pac-12. Oh, okay. Top two in the Sun Belt replace the bottom two in the Big 12. So on and so forth for all the divisions. So I'm not a uh, I'm not exactly a soccer guy, but I do know that they have relegation. I believe it's in their Premier League soccer where they have different levels here. And depending on how you do, you can level up the next year. Or if you're terrible, you level back down. Yeah. That would be very interesting for storylines in college football. That Absolutely. That's something I think I might sign up for if that Absolutely. becomes a possibility one day. Because can you imagine the pressure of – I'm just cherry-picking here. Imagine like an Iowa State, and they are – let's say they're, they're, they're five and six coming into the last game of the season. If they lose, they get bumped down to group of five. Mm-hmm. And who do they got to play? They got to play – the eight and three Iowa Hawkeyes. Can you imagine the war that we'll see on that field? And that's just a random example. I think I'm down with relegation. I think I just talked myself into it. I think I'm down for relegation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, listen, I'm all for it. I think it'd be a great time. I think it'd be a great time. And again, I think that Chip Kelly was on to something with separating football from these other sports, because that's what we're marching towards anyway, whether we, whether we realize it or not. Listen, that, that, Probably that's where my credit to Chip Kelly will start and also and finish. Then, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't have to bring him up anymore. But that's going to do it for us here on this Friday. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. It was a great week for interactions with us on YouTube. So many comments to pick through. There were so many that we could have included on here. Just sheer volume. Didn't have all the time in the world. But again, keep these comments coming. We would love to discuss your comment on the show. So please fill out that comment box. We're going to look at every single one of them. I promise you. If you comment, we will see it. And we will comment on you. Always. So as always, thank you all so very much for the the support. Hit that like button. Mash that subscribe button. We're up. I think we're over at 485 now. Every time I look, we're about 10 to 15 higher than the last time. Get us to 500. We're coming coming down the home stretch here. Take us home. That's going to do it for us. As always, go pack. Go pack.